Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Yes, back in the studio again. How's that? <laughs> Happy to be back home for a little while. We'll be here for the rest of this week and most of next week until we're on the road again. Going to be in Tallahassee, Florida next Thursday and then in Johnston, Tennessee, Friday and Saturday of next week. Not this upcoming Thursday and Friday, but the following Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Remember, go to, as you can see down there on the bottom, go to chrisannhall.com and click on the calendar and see where we are. You know how many times people ask me, hey, Chris Ann, I always miss it. Where, how do I know? Well, you know, you got to go to chrisannhall.com. This, this way, right? chrisannhall.com and click on the calendar and you will see where we will be. Let me show you some really cool things that we've had going on here. We've got um, all these students, see students from Virginia. Look at look at all those kids. Now, here's the uh, another classroom full of people. This was this is my Instagram page, by the way. This was over nine thousand cars in a caravan for Trump in. New uh, New York, Long Island, New York, mind you, Long Island, New York. And you didn't see that in the media, did you? Because they don't want you to know what's actually going on in America. I don't understand why I'm not getting all of these pictures. Oh, my. Oh, because I'm hitting the wrong one. There we go. All right. Let, there we go. Now we're back to Virginia. Here's our students in Virginia. Here's the young students that we had in Virginia. Here's the older parent type students that we had in Virginia. Look at them making their goofy faces. That's fun. Hey, Virginia, this one tells us, the woolly worm tells us that you are going to have a hard beginning of winter. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Look at this beautiful picture, too. I'm in Florida. We don't get to see trees changing like that. So I thought I might share that with you as well. Great things happened this last week. We don't get to show them to you while we're in the studio or while we're outside the studio. So I just wanted to take a chance to, to bring it in. Francis Johns, Long Island, New York. Yeah, you guys had that big caravan for Trump. Here's another event that we had in Virginia. Look at these young, beautiful students. How amazing is that? I want everybody to be a part of this. Uh, not only that, there was the uh, Oklahoma State Sheriff's Association right there. Check this out. Ready? This is actually a poster they made for me. There's my face in that. How cool is that? All of these women, this is the Virginia women fighting. All over America, our women, man, I tell you what, we have got some amazing, amazing women all over America fighting for liberty. I wanted to bring you the sheriff's thing just real quick so you can see that. Let me pull this one up here for you. This one is cool, too, because I actually 
taught a room full of lawyers and paralegals on state overreach. Is that not awesome? Lawyers and uh, share, uh, lawyers and paralegals on the state overreach constitution in crisis was the name of the presentation. So here we are, Oklahoma Sheriff's Association. Now, I realize I didn't let you guys know about that. We didn't put that out on the public. It was not on our public calendar because guess what? We did not want the haters involved. We did this to protect the people. JC's that I can make this a little bit bigger up there. Check this out. How cool is that? All these awesome people with the Sheriff's Association. There's Philip. Those of you, you those of you should know Philip by now. Philip is the infamous Philip, the Philip who was kicked off of the Southwest Airlines flight for uh, eating with a mask on. Shame, 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 shame. Hey, did you guys see this in the news? In 2016, USA Today says, we broke tradition in urging you not to vote for Trump. Now we're making our first presidential endorsement. We hope it's our last. You know what's crazy, guys? I wonder if these people think that we actually believe that because they didn't come out with some kind of a headline first, they didn't come out with some kind of headline first, uh, that they weren't actually endorsing candidates. Does anybody actually believe that the media does not endorse candidates and do not involve themselves in politics? Are you kidding me? This is absolutely insane. And then, so they have this full page ad out for Joe Biden, which should actually say elect Kamala Harris, but we know how that goes. But then they give this whole explanation about why they don't believe Donald, why they must now endorse, endorse publicly. They've always endorsed. They, the media works for the Democrat party. Okay. I don't think you can ever say anything different. This is undeniable. And as a matter of fact, the, the topic of the show today is shutting down social media. This is something that applies to mainstream media as well. We wouldn't be having these conversations about social media if it weren't for them taking sides and the media themselves taking sides. You cannot hide behind the, the anonymity of the press and then endorse political candidates at the same time. Four years ago, they say the editorial board, an ideological and demographically diverse group of journalists that is separate from the new staff and operates by consensus, broke with tradition and took sides in the presidential rate for the race for the first time since USA Today was founded in 1982. We urged voters or we urged readers not to vote for Donald Trump, calling the Republican nominee unfit for office because he lacked the temperament, knowledge, steadiness, honesty that America needs for president. 
Yeah. Okay. So we'll just keep going because the media has become the opposite of all of those things. The media lacks temperament. The media lacks knowledge. There's no steadiness. There's no honesty in mainstream media today. And so now they're going to actually endorse Joe Biden, or should we say Kamala Harris? In this, they talk about the Affordable Care Act. You know, when I was in Virginia, there was, let me see if I can pull up this picture in Virginia. There's a doctor in Virginia who gave an, a, a great presentation in, uh, here he is right here. Let me pull him up here for you. And I'm sorry, I don't know his name. I should know his name, but I don't right off the top of my head. But this is actually a doctor who gave a presentation at the rally in uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia. And he talked about viruses. He talked about COVID. He talked about all these things and about how we are not dealing with these things generally uh, like we should. He says there's hysteria. There's too much fear. There, we're, not, we're not operating appropriately. There's no reason for us to shut down business, no reason for the economy to crash. And he, and he said the vaccination is not safe. Vaccine, the vaccines can't be safe. And it occurred to me at that point in time, while he was standing up and speaking, that we have actually had, and I wanted to show this to you because this is USA Today, right? USA Today is part of their little endorsement campaign for Joe Biden, says, brings up this woman, Anita Giltner of Holland, Michigan. Uh, she said, Donald Trump is trying to tear down the Affordable Care Act, which is criminal. You know, we've had the Affordable Care Act now for 10 years. If it was going to work, if it was going to make a difference, wouldn't it have done that by now? 10 years. How many Americans actually understand that we have had the Affordable Care Act now for 10 years? And Donald Trump didn't have to tear it down. The Supreme Court ended the Affordable Care Act by eliminating the mandate. By eliminating the mandate, there is no funding for the Affordable Care Act. Why should, if the Affordable Care Act is working, it's been there for 10 years, why should we see complaints about people not getting treatment? Why should we see people complaining that they don't have proper health care insurance? I mean, I was just watching the news the other day about this, this Hispanic family. They read this big story. I don't remember what it was, CBS or ABC or even CNN. I don't remember. But this big story about the Hispanic family who have, who've had eight people in their family die from COVID. And one of the questions that the Reporter asked the, the, the man who was telling about the eight people who died in his family from COVID. Said, well, what about your medical treatment? And this Hispanic man says, we don't have health insurance. We can't afford health insurance. Um, excuse me. We've had the Affordable Care Act for 10 years. If this thing was going to work, why do we have anybody anywhere? Who has who doesn't have health care 
health insurance at this time. I thought that was what the Affordable Care Act was supposed to make sure everybody had health insurance. But apparently that's just not so. And that's one of the things that that this doctor particularly spoke about. He said, we've had the Affordable Care Act for 10 years now. For 10 years, we've had the Affordable Care Act. He says, I've not seen any difference in health care. I've not seen any difference in the availability of health insurance. I've not seen any improvement in the way we treat people. We don't have any improvement in the hospitals for treatment of people. People don't have greater access to medical treatment. This is not working, people. And it can't work. It's simply can't work. And so here we are today. And one of the things that USA Today wants us to believe is that Donald Trump is going to destroy the Affordable Care Act. Um, No, Donald Trump is not in charge of the Affordable Care Act. Donald Trump cannot destroy the Affordable Care Act. Uh, Apparently, the Congress or the Supreme Court already has. The way Trump has handled COVID, and I, and I want to see, look at this headline, see, the way Trump, notice that's in parentheses, that means he actually didn't say Trump, right? So the way USA Today says Trump has handled COVID so far has just been gross mismanagement. You know, six months, I am still waiting I am still waiting for someone to show me in the Constitution where the President of the United States has an obligation, much less the authority, to do anything with a virus. I am just waiting. I am waiting and waiting and waiting, and I have not found anybody who will tell me anything about this. So you're right. Tim, Tim Erskine says it wasn't supposed to work. It was designed to fail so they can say we tried and then insist on, uh, insist the only solution is a one payer system, just a power grab. Yep. Tim, we've been saying that now for 10 years, but now I want to talk to you about this. The department of justice. The Department of Justice is suing monopolist Google. This is from the Department of Justice website, by the way. The Department of Justice is suing the monopolist Google for violating antitrust laws. So the Department of Justice today, along with 11 state attorneys general, filed a civil antitrust lawsuit in the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia to stop Google from unlawfully maintaining monopolies through anti-competitive and exclusionary practices in the search and search advertising markets and to remedy the competitive harms. The participating state attorneys general offices represent Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, South Carolina, and Texas. Today, millions of Americans rely on the Internet and online platforms for their daily lives. Competition in this industry is vitally important, which is why today's challenge against Google, the gatekeeper of the Internet for violating antitrust law, is a monumental case for both the Department of Justice 
and the American people, said Attorney General William Barr. Now, constitutionally speaking, I am not seeing any authority in the executive branch to bring antitrust laws. There's not a, an authority in the Constitution regarding monopolies. It doesn't exist. In the reality, this is, again, a power reserved to the states, and the states should be taking them up individually. And so we as a people must realize what the real problem here is. The real problem is the fact that we have a federal government that's in the business of defining and regulating rights. I want to show you how all of this happens because the federal government has stuck its nose in places that it simply does not belong. If we kept the right power paradigm, if the powers not delegated to the United States were truly reserved to the states, we wouldn't be having this problem at all. Same with Facebook and Twitter and social media. May I direct you to the uh, Telecommunications Act, Title 47, Section 230. Title 47, Section 230. Now, I want you to sh I want to show you something here. These social media people hide behind this Section 230, Subsection C1. Protection for, quote, Good Samaritan Blocking and Screening of Offensive Material. Section 1. No provider or user of interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. Then if you go on and read Section 2, no provider or user of an internet interactive computer service shall be held liable on account of any action voluntarily taken in good faith to restrict access to or availability of that uh, of material that the provider or user considers to be obscene, lewd, la uh, lascivious, filthy, excessively violent, harassing, or check this out, otherwise objectionable whether or not such material is constitutionally protected. Any action taken or uh, to enable or to or make available to information content providers or other technical means to restrict access to material described in the paragraph. Now, this big picture, this really huge picture begins with the misappropriation of terms of public and private. To be honest with you, the cascade begins when the government starts telling the people they no longer own private businesses. When the government defines a private business, or let's do it in the alternative, 
when the government defines a public business as a privately owned business whose doors are open to the public, this is where all this begins. Because we have the governments, beginning in the federal level, even at the state level, public accommodations, all of this ridiculousness, you open your doors to invite people into your business. You are now a public business. We have allowed them to take away private property rights with the very definitions of what private and public actually are. It's very simple. From a political, from a constitutional perspective, the differences, the definitions are very, very simple. It is a private business if it is funded by private capital. It is a public business if it is funded by tax dollars. That's the only distinction you need to know. The fact that you open your doors for consumers to come in and browse or purchase your wares doesn't make you a public property. Those people who come in don't own your property. The government does not own your property. It is still a private property. And by the way, it wouldn't be much of a business if, it was, if you did not open your door so consumers could come in. You're not going to have a successful private business if you only serve the people in your house. But that seems to be the definition that the modern American public has adopted through this errant ideology of government owning everything. If I don't just serve my family, then I am a public business subject to government regulation. Government regulation to the point of ownership. It begins with a single step. The fact that we have that our businesses, private businesses are called places of public accommodation and therefore they are public businesses. This is where it all falls apart. It's only going to get worse. With the Department of Justice coming in and trying to sue uh, these people with with uh, people trying to determine, you know, what classification social media falls in and should we allow social media to do this? Should we not allow social media to do that? We are making it worse. We are not making it better. And here's the bottom line, guys. With every new regulation that we that that we allow the government to oppose on social media, guess what? That comes on us. That those regulations are going to start in, being imposed on our private YouTube channels. They're going to start being imposed on our on our personal social media pages. They're going to be all over. The solution is, has been, and will always be. Get the government out. The problem that we have now with social media is that it's not fund. It was not funded by private capital. They received government grant money. 
Well, of course, it's not publicly published. Of course, they're not going to run around and tell us how much grant money they got. Now, if you do a, uh, if you're a, a shareholder and you want to know, you can know. You can do a public records request through the government, their grant programs, figure out who it is that got the grant money. But we've now conflated these terms of private and public where the government is now creating winners and losers. We'll, we'll scratch your back if you scratch our back later, right? We'll give you funding as long as you share with us the data you get. Seriously. All that data mining Google does, the greatest benefactor of that is the U.S. government. All the data mining YouTube is doing, Alexa, Google in our houses listening, who gets this? The greatest benefactor of this is the U.S. government. That is how we should define public business. Those who got their, their money from taxpayer dollars. Not my mom and pop business. They should be subject. Look, you wouldn't have a monopoly. I truly believe this. You would not have a Google monopoly. If we, ha if we had not allowed the federal government to pick the Google winner. If people were, if, if Google didn't have all of that dump of grant money, if Facebook didn't have all that dump of grant money, how many, uh, we'll never know, how many people would have come alongside and ran com competition along the way? But when you have this huge dump of money, and what are they saying? Uh, I think they're saying that Google has has bought out 260 companies? 260 companies? It's because we allowed government through the, through the sharing of our money to pick the winners and the losers to begin with. The solution is not more government interaction. The solution is get the government out of our businesses, get the government out of our business. Do you want to know who the monopoly is? The monopoly is the U.S. government. Funding with our money. Businesses so they're no longer private. Look at this. I want you to see this again. Protection for Good Samaritan blocking and screening, right? Creating shields for winners and losers. No provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be held liable on account of any action voluntarily taken in good faith to restrict access to or availability of material that the provider or user considers to be obscene, lewd, lascivious, filthy, excessively violent, harassing, or the magic otherwise, otherwise objectionable. 
Why are we shielding private businesses from civil lawsuits at the governmental level? Why? People should be able to bring contract lawsuits against these people regardless of how the government describes them or defines them. See, this is the other aspect of the government picking winners and looters, losers. First, they dump out bunches of money. Then they create legislation so they're not held accountable through the market system. You see, the market system is not just simply about who has money and who doesn't have money. The market system is how the buyer holds the market accountable. And one of the reasons, one of the ways you hold the market accountable is when you engage in a contract or with these social media people, a license agreement, and yet the federal government says you can't sue them. Are you kidding me? Why would the federal government have the authority to tell me who I can and cannot sue? If I have an agreement, a private licensing agreement with another business and that other business violates my private licensing agreement, why can't I sue them? Why can't the courts come become involved? You know, this otherwise objectionable, right? So that means the holder, the, the, the people who are in this licensing agreement are no longer the parties that determine what is actually objectionable. It creates one party superior to the other. And everyone who has taken one week of contract law knows that when you have a contract agreement where one has superior power over the other, you don't have a valid contract. You now have the federal government through legislative act invalidating contracts by putting people in inequitable positions. So now one half of the of the license holders can determine what is objectionable or not to the detriment of the party they have an agreement with and the party they have the agreement with has no way to reconcile that difference civilly. It is not that Google has too much power. It is not that Facebook has too much power. It's not that YouTube has too much power. It's that the government is running around creating winners and losers through definitions. Let me show you from Federalist 84. Right? This is Alexander Hamilton, your big government guy. I go further and affirm, he says, the Bill of Rights, in the sense and to the extent which they are contended for, are not only unnecessary in the proposed Constitution, but would even be dangerous. They would contain various exceptions to powers not granted, and it's on this very account would afford a colorable pretext to claim more than were granted. For why declare that things shall not be done which there is no power to do? Now, if this seems to perk your attention, you need to go to libertyfirstuniversity.com. You need to sign up for my classes. You need to get the class called The Great Debate. 
to get the great debate, understand why the Bill of Rights is there, why the incorporation doctrine is a false paradigm, a false pretense of question, and understand why there was a legitimate objection to writing down the Bill of Rights. You'll also find out why there's a legitimate, legitimate uh, why there is a legitimate reason we must have a Bill of Rights. And then you find the solution between the argument. But here is Alexander Hamilton telling us why writing down a Bill of Rights would be dangerous. He says, why, for instance, this is, the, this is very important. I hope everybody's got their pen and paper out and they're paying attention. He says, why, for instance, should it be said that the liberty of the press shall not be restrained no, when no power is given which restrictions may be imposed? He says, we never delegated power to the federal government. We never delegated any power to the federal government to have anything to do with press. So why would we tell them not to infringe upon our press if we've never given them any power to do it to begin with? Why should it be said that the liberty of the press shall not be restrained when no power is given by which restrictions may be imposed? He says, I will not contend that such a provision would confer a regulating power, but it is evident that it would furnish to men disposed to absurd a plausible pretense for claiming that power. They may urge with the semblance of reason that the Constitution ought not be charged with the absurdity of providing against the abuse of an authority, which was not given, and that the provision against restraining the liberty of press afforded a clear implication that a power to prescribe proper regulations concerning it was intended to be vested in the national government. He says this may serve as a specimen of the numerous handles which would be given to the doctrine of constructive powers by the indulgence of an injudicious zeal for the Bill of Rights. You see, what they do is they simply say, why did you tell us not to infringe upon it? if we didn't have some authority to regulate it, to regulate without infringing. I mean, that's where we are today. The very argument of, of Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Google and Instagram and their censorship, their violation of lease agreements, their violation of these contract provisions, the protections that they have to violate them by the federal government come to us because the federal government is regulating things they're not entitled to regulate. We have a government, as Hamilton describes them, full of people disposed to usurp our rights, meaning that's the only purpose they have is to usurp our rights. He says, what is the, he says, I contend that whatever has been said about it, liberty of press, in that of any state, amounts to nothing. What signifies a declaration that the liberty of the press shall not be, shall be inviolably preserved? What is the liberty of press? Who can give it a, any definition which would not leave the utmost latitude for invasion? I'm going to stop right there and I'm going to do this highlight thing right here again, if it lets me, because this is the key here. We have allowed the government to actually define 
Press and Speech Through Communications Act. And he says the fact that you've given them the authority to define it means that they have the power to destroy it. Let's go back here to this one. Who are we defining? We're defining publisher, speaker, and provider. These are not terms to which we have authorized the federal government any authority to define. They should not be defining these things. This is not a government authority. But here we are. Because they've created these definitions, because they've created anti-discrimination laws. Now, Chrisanne is going to be labeled a white supremacist again because she says that anti-discrimination laws are unconstitutional. They're unconstitutional because we never authorize the federal government to, to define what is and what is not discrimination. And as a private property owner, I have a private property right to discriminate but you have a market right to destroy my business through non for, to through non-participation for my discrimination. It's why we don't have a really free working market. It's why it does not work in America because we have government doing things they're not entitled to do. And what it ends up doing is creating winners and losers and destroying the liberty of the people in the end. The monster of Google, the monster of Facebook, the monster of YouTube, the monster of Instagram, all these companies and all their subsidiaries is not the creation of capitalism. It is the creation of government creating winners and losers by funding and by protecting them through congressional acts. Let's switch now because this all goes back, right? You got USA Today. Now, a press. You cannot call yourself press anymore if you're going to be engaged in political activism. If you are engaging in political activism, you are now a political pack. You are not a press. Do not hold yourself up to be press because you are not press. You are a political activist agency. And that's that's what's what's really disturbing and that's who they are i want to i want to read this to you it's just amazing to me this is from that article in usa today for nearly four decades the editorial board of usa today has stood for certain core values truth you know what? I didn't read USA Today in twenty in in 1982, so I don't know if they actually started off being truthful. But from the time I started reading the newspapers in the early 90s, USA Today was not to be awarded with the Medal for Truth. They stood for certain core values. They say truth, accountability, civil, civility and public discourse, opposition to racism, common ground solutions to the nation's problems, steadfast support for First Amendment rights. No, no. 
That is not USA Today. And you want to know why all of these medias are all doing what they do? Why the social media is blocking speech? Why Twitter is shutting down speech? Shutting down accounts until after the election? Why YouTube is in heavy censor mode? Why Facebook is in heavy censor mode? Because they are not press. Because they are now arms of political parties which work as cabals in our government because our government has created these winners, decided the American people are the losers. They are protecting these corporations through congressional act from accountability and uh, responsibility for their actions. You want to know why they're doing that? Here you go. Benjamin Franklin tells us in 1722, Without freedom of thought, there can be no such thing as wisdom and no such thing as public liberty without freedom of speech, which is the right of every man as far by it as he does not hurt or control the right of another. And this is the only check it ought to suffer and the only bound it ought to know. Now, here's the key. This sacred privilege is so essential to free governments that the security of property and the freedom of speech always go together. And in those wretched countries where a man cannot call his tongue his own, he can scarce call anything else his own. Are you ready? Benjamin Franklin's about to give us a mic drop. Whoever would overthrow the liberty of a nation must begin by subduing the freeness of speech, a thing terrible to public traitors. You want to know why they're doing what they're doing? You want to know why they're censoring like they're censoring? Because they are traitors. They are traitors to the American people. They are traitors to the American way. They are traitors to the American principles. And they are traitors to our rights. And they've been created with our tax dollars by our government. And those in government who have become the greatest traitors of them all. We don't need to be, we don't need the Department of Justice to engage in this dog and pony show to chase after Google for antitrust laws. What we need is a real investigation on who is giving this money to these people to begin with, who is creating these protections for them, and who is behind the political packs that we now call media. Because they are not the press. They are not newspapers. They are political packs. And they need to be held accountable. They don't need to send the Department of Justice after them. They need to send the FEC after them. The Federal Elections Commission needs to be going after Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all the mainstream media. It's not the Russians. It's the American media internet system that are interjecting themselves and trying to control an election. The FEC should be going right now after the USA Today. Yep, they should. Because they are trying to influence an election. And how much of a donation to Biden's campaign did they just make with that big ad by their editorial board? Well, guys, that's all I've got for you today. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you. Let's stay liberty first. Don't forget to hit the thumbs up. 
hit the subscribe buttons and share, 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 because guess what? They hate us and they're censoring us. We will see you tomorrow. God bless. Thank you.